0: Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. Hi y'all, it's Pastor Tom Crandall. I want to say thank you so much for joining us today on Loving People to the Cross. Today you're going to hear the story of Mr. Frankie Sanford and his battle with COVID and his encounter with the Lord. I want to say this, take time and listen very carefully as this was recorded live in the church. We're excited and I know you are. God bless you. I love you, my friend. Enjoy. Let
1: me say thank y'all for letting me come. Um... Now, I'm probably going to tear up through this thing. Without uh, all y'all's prayers, concerns, texts, and calls, and the precious hand of the good Lord, I wouldn't be here, folks. The doctor was ready to me. I don't know. On is 20th, it's 13 days from now, I went into the hospital. I didn't think a thing about it. That Friday before the 20th, my daughter couldn't a car. I was on the couch. My phone was unplugged. I had no service. It was dead. I was almost dead. She called everybody. I called Stan. She said, Stan, go check on that. I can't get a hook. Well, I heard Stan knocking at the door. I got up. I made it to the kitchen by the table. I fell on the floor. I didn't have the energy to get to the door. I laid there a second. I seen Stan starting to walk off. I uh, got up enough energy to get back up and get a word and unlock the door. Well, Stan opened the door, he said, bub, I was fixing to lock the door down, I didn't care. Well, he called 911, they loaded me up in the ambulance. And when my son heard the call from 911, I don't know where he was, but he come flying. My daughter was in Nashville, and uh, Stan told us, and he said, you can't go in there, he's got COVID. Dustin said, I do too, I'm going to get So Dustin helped me get me some clothes on. I had a pair of shorts on and we put a t-shirt on and whatever. Well, they carried me to Dyersburg. I was in Dyersburg, I've been a month, month and a half. Well, from what my daughter tells me, cause I don't know, I don't remember nothing after that day. I got in the hospital. I did help come in as it comes out and this, that, and the other. And through the time I was there, they sent my cell phone down there by Belinda. She had worked close to the hospital, so they sent my cell phone where the kids could talk to me. But when the kids would call, I'd say, I don't <sighs> talk. Folks, I was at the point I had done give up myself. And uh, so when I finally got to talking and after that, I went blank again. I laid there and on one Friday night, they called the kids and said, if you want to see your dad from the last time, you'll better come home. So my daughter called Stan and told him what was going on. He said, I'm here at the fire. I'll be there within five minutes. So he took off to the hospital. He seen Maggie coming out, crying. I said, they want to unplug my daddy. And I said, Stan said, do you want to unplug him? Stan said, no. My daughter said, no, I don't want to unplug my daddy. Folks at that point, I had no idea what was going on, but they did. They was out in the parking lot, praying for me. There were several people around, because they put it on Facebook, praying for me. But the hand of God was on me, and that's all I can say, that he was there with me. Well, they tried to get a trach put in me, and the doctors down there said, we can't put a trach in because he didn't come in through the emergency room, which I had been through the emergency room. That was a story. They lied about that. Well, they got on the phone with some more friends, a lawyer friend of ours, Brad Illman's. Well, he got some touch with people in Jackson, the hospital over there. So they sent a doctor from Jackson down and um, he put a trach in within 30 minutes. Well, they told me before then, the kids had said, Dad, you was swelled, your neck was swelled out there, your face was swelled, your eyes were swelled together. And said so after the doctor came out, he said, within about 30 minutes, he said, your dad is doing better right now. He said, he's going to make it. But from that point then, they was trying to get me out of Dyersburg before they killed me again. Well it took phone call after phone call and while they was out in the parking lot praying for me that I was getting better the the security guard there come up to him and said y'all can't stand out here and pray for this man said y'all got to get off the parking lot he said and Stan said looked at him and said but if we're standing out here smoking we're fine but we can't pray for somebody in there dying and he said well if you don't I'm going to have to call the cops, and y'all are going to have to go to jail. My daughter looked at him, and Stan looked at him and said, Hey, we know people down there at the Dyer County Jail, the city jail. We know the county mayor, the city mayor. What do y'all want us to do? Just go ahead and call them. So Stan told him, Linda said, go buy us a pack of cigarettes, and we'll stand there with them in our hand. So at that point, after that night, I was better. They got me transferred to Memphis. Folks, when I got to Memphis, I still wasn't alert. But I felt like, I don't know how long I've been there, if I was laying in the bed, or it was the medicine had me on or whatever, but I felt like I was going up an elevator. I guess I was going to see my Lord. And I was so thirsty now, folks. I haven't had anything to eat, drink, hadn't talked to nobody in a month and a half, two months. I was so thirsty, my lips was dry and you know the old saying I can spit dust and I've felt that way. But folks, as I felt like I was riding up that elevator, a touch of cold water touched my lips. And I knew the good Lord was with me then and I was going to make it. From that point, I started getting better. But while I was in Dyersburg, the guy sold the house where I was living, which I knew it was on, on the market for sale. I didn't know how long, and he told me, he said, after right, you get, I said that you got 30 days. Well, he hadn't sold it yet, and he told my kids, he said, You've got to get your daddy out. Well, they all went over there, and that my kids said, You a hoarder, you got all kinds of junk. But they moved me in 45 minutes. A whole house full of furniture. And that was caused by all the friends that come in to help them. And I don't know who all that was there, but they said it was at least 25 or 30 people there moving my stuff. We'll get back to Memphis. Well, I was in Memphis. I was laying there in bed. And I finally come to, and the kids got to come to see me. And um, when the first time they come to see me, they come in and and Megan said, dad, where's your restroom? I said, it's right over there. Cause I barely could talk. I still had the trach in. So while she was in the restroom, I looked at my oldest and my son I said, where did you move my furniture to? He said, dad, what are you talking about? I said, where did you move my furniture to? We didn't move your furniture. I said, Yeah, you did. I heard you talking about it while I was in, in the hospital. He said, Well, that doctor in Dyersburg told us you couldn't hear nothing. You didn't know what is even going on. Well, their mom was with them the night that they called them in. And when she, they walked out, she said, Your daddy was listening to every word you're said because I can see him blinking his eyes. He knew what was going on, but he couldn't say nothing. So after I was laid there in Memphis for a while, and I, I was getting better, um, they moved me from, they call it A C A, B, C, and D. It had three different levels. They moved me straight from A to C, which was a, a big step up. Folks, I couldn't feed myself when I had anything. And then when I left Memphis, I went to Cane Creek. I laid there in the bed and they evaluated me and they said, uh, What's your goal? I said, To get up and walk, feed myself again, bathe myself again. And while I was laying there in Memphis, I couldn't raise my feet three inches off the bed. And I done good to push the remote on the TV thing, to change channels. And I had to, the call nurse button. I had my granddaughter had got me a thing, said, gone fishing. And the only way I could push it was it would be laying on a piece of plywood. and It was stout enough to hold it up. It wouldn't sink down. Well, after I left Memphis, I went to Cane Creek, like I say. I stayed over there until November, uh, December the 3rd. I come out and I was doing fine. I, well, let me re- go back a little bit. When I first got to Cane Creek, after they evacuated me, I started my therapy. I still couldn't feed myself. I couldn't couldn't raise up couldn't do nothing well three, three days I was feeding myself and after that I was still going through therapy Megan come to see me one Sunday afternoon and I was doing therapy three times a day seven days a week well on this Sunday afternoon she showed up about the time I was having therapy well the therapist said well, you can come with us there's nobody down there it's gonna be just us two and said you can go with us and watch and see what we're doing." Well, she got to see me take my first step since then. I didn't walk far but I took one of the two steps. Folks I came out of Cane Creek I still went to therapy in in outpatient therapy but I was feeding myself I was bathing myself And doing all that and while i was in the hospital the kids took my phone back away from me you know i I know i know how kids are when they have to be grounded from the phone you can't have it you know here i am 62 year old and they took my phone and said you can't have your phone well i didn't know why well i couldn't use it anyway it said over after they brought it up or it was sitting over in the window I had all kinds of snacks. I could have fed half the hospital, but I couldn't reach them because I couldn't get up out of bed to get them. But the nurses down there were the best nurses I had and they could, they would, anything I wanted, they got. One night I said, I, I want some grapes. One of the nurses said, well, I think I can get you some, but I don't know. So the next thing I know, she went to the cafeteria. Here she come back with a bowl full of grapes. So after that, when I was in Cane Creek and I come home. Well, while I was still in Memphis, the kids come up one afternoon and they said, Dad, we got to talk. I said, okay, what is it? He said, Pop or Dad. Which that's my dad. That's why we took your phone. We didn't want you to find out. set you back, folks to ease my heart and my pain. My dad was laying in the bed praying that the good Lord would take him instead of me. I know that's how it was. And I've asked, since I got home, it's been better. I've asked my daughter, I've asked my mom. I said, did I give him the COVID? And is that what killed him? He said, no. Your dad's kidney shut down and he knew he had kidney problems. And he was in Mississippi when he passed away in the hospital with kidney trouble. His kidneys just completely shut down. But folks, I truly believe in my heart. While he was laying there on the bed, he said, Take me, Lord, not my son. He's got a life. Folks, I'm a walking miracle God. So That's all I can say. And without all of y'all's prayers and everyone else's prayers that was around and other places that I've already spoken to, hey, and if anybody wants me to speak, I'm more than game to speak. I'm telling you, without the Lord, I would not be here today. I would be pushing up some daisies somewhere. And I want to say thank y'all again for the prayers and concern. And let me tell you, y'all got one good member here, Mike Carville. He carried me every time I wanted to go to therapy. He said, he said, just let me know what you want to do. And let me tell you, he'll feed you too. We eat every time I went. He called you, he'll say, we're gonna, me and Fred's gonna go eat. Well, one day we was gonna go to the Foot Lake and eat. well, that. Next Tuesday we had planned to do therapy and he was going to carry me when we was going to the lake. Well, that Friday nights when the tornado came through. So we didn't get to go eat. So he said, we'll go to Syxton, Missouri. So we took off to Saxon and eat. <laughs> so we did eat good. But I'm going to tell you, without friends to help me along, I never would have made it and without y'all's prayers. And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart.
0: Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, Do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, You know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today, I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at Pastor Tom Crandall at gmail.com I want to hear from you I want to send you a Bible I want to send you some some information on how to continue to walk with Christ I love you my friend all the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you God bless you